Any questions from anyone? Emma, look like you might have a question. No, I don't. <laughs> so we're starting chapter three. I'm gonna. I know we covered some of it last week, but this is quite an important chapter actually. It's a lot of uh, practicality, practical tips in this particular chapter. And I think it's quite important that everyone understands it clearly. Life and its course, the composition of life, what is life? And if we follow it uh, systematically, we'll have a clear understanding of what life is. Composition of life. What is life? As far as we're concerned, what is life? How would, what would you, if someone says, what is life? How would you describe it? Two ways. One would be life is based on your experiences, or life as in um, the soul or the energy, whatever you call it. Okay. It's two ways. Full of ups and downs. Full of ups and downs, yeah. You having a happy life? Sorry? Are you having a happy life? I would say so, Drew, up and down. <laughs> Peaks and troughs, as they call it. <laughs> no? <laughs> does it depend on Sir Miller? Well, I think that answers <laughs> <laughs> So we say life is made up of experiences. You can have good experiences, bad experiences. This is life. So I'll read the um, paragraph. Life is made up of experiences. There are three types of experiences. Emotional, intellectual, and physical. Depending on the quality and quantity, the type of experience decides the type of life one leads. To make a change in one's life, one needs to change one's Experiences. An experience constitutes a unit of life. When the subject, yourself, contacts the object, the world, a reaction occurs. This is an experience. In order to have a better, happier life, one needs to improve both the subject and the object. one's personality and the world, one contacts. You need to study both components that make up life. Develop both to the best of one's ability. Thereafter, one's life is improved. As the experiences, so the life. So what does that, what does that say? That paragraph. What is an experience? What is an experience? An emotional or intellectual 
physical response. Okay, those are the three types of experience. When does an experience occur? When, when you contact the world. When you contact the world. Um, in that, it said that you should try to what's it, improve the both the um, experience and the object. The object and the world. Subject and object. Sorry, subject and the object, yes. Okay. Um, what does it mean by improve the object? So, for example, the world where ex the scientists are, are improving the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we have creature comforts now. We're in the last hundred years, how much improvement is in the world to make our life easier? So that's the world being improved, which is the object that we contact. Okay. Yeah? In the general terms. Yeah. We're going to go into more detail of the object. Um, as we go along. But at the moment, if you just understand the subject is yourself yep. and the object is whatever you contact in the world and the result is an experience. Yeah, is everyone clear with that? We're going to give examples to have a better idea. So an experience is a unit of life. So to have a happier life, you need to improve yourself and the world or the object you contact. As the experiences, so the life. So, you contact the world. And from that contact, you either get happiness or unhappiness, where we said ups and downs. If happiness, then your life is happy. If unhappiness, then your life is unhappy. Correct? How do we contact the world? Using your senses. Using your senses. The five senses, which we all know. Physically with your body, emotionally with your mind, or intellectually with your intellect. This is how we contact the world. So if you want to change your life, you need to change your experiences. Everyone clear? The minute you wake up, your personality is contacting the world, and the result is an experience. You brush your teeth, you have a shower, make breakfast, drive to work. Every time you contact the world is an experience. The flow of these experiences is your life. We're just breaking it down. Yeah, the minute you woke up today, you made your way here. These experiences are the flow of life. When you have no experiences, that is when, when, when you're what? Dead. Dead. Exactly. So the minute you're born, flow of experiences, whatever they are. And the result is good, happiness, bad, unhappiness. You eat at a restaurant. Food is good, service is good, you enjoy it. Not, then you don't enjoy it. Good and bad experience. You see a horror movie come out of the theatre, either you enjoyed it or you didn't enjoy it. Good, bad experience. So when you contact the world, it's like a chemical reaction inside. Yeah? There's a reaction inside. And that's the result. So we're saying that 
to have a good experience, which is what we want, happiness, must improve ourselves and the world. So in order to do that, we need to study and analyze our personality and how we contact the world. Because it is you who contacts the world and you who want happiness as the result. So therefore it makes sense that you need to change the way you are and the world as much as you can. Once we do that, we can improve the quality of our life, meaning we get better experiences, therefore a happier life. Because we don't do this, we are not in control of the result of our contact. We're leaving it to like, yeah, maybe, maybe not, maybe I'll get happiness, maybe I won't get happiness. You don't know. But we want to be in control of that. We eat a chili without checking how hot it is. You know that scale. We don't know. Someone say, try this chili. You try it. It's really one of those hot ones. Who's going to suffer? You're going to suffer. Lack of? Lack of checking. That This is a really hot one. We're not analyzing the world when we contact it. Simple, simple example. That's a simple example. But if you expand that in all your areas of life, this is exactly what we're doing. Isn't it? In all areas, this is what we're doing. We're not analyzing anything. We're just going for it. We just... And the result is happiness. That's fine. If it's not, it's not. Because of lack of, of analyzing the world is why we suffer. We covered this last week. You meet a partner, let's say online. You don't check his true personality. You just go by his profile. You get married. Turns out to be horrible. A completely different person. You suffer. Lack of analyzing. So by studying the world and your personality and then perfecting the right contact, there are more chances of you having a more positive, better experience in life. Therefore, <coughs> a happier life, which is what we're all looking for. So we don't learn all this. We have to be taught. This is what we're doing. So let's start with us, the human being. What are we? The individual mechanism. What are we, the human being? What are we made of? Who are we? It's on the board, by the way. Just doesn't matter. Huh? <laughs> we are what? What are we? Spirit and matter. Body. So, human being is spirit and matter. The spirit is Atman. The matter is the body, mind, and intellect. Matter has no life. Matter has no life. Your body, mind, intellect has no life until the Atman and the matter contacts. Only then there is life, an expression of life. 
the individual mechanism. A human is made up of spirit and matter. The spirit is your real self, Atman in Sanskrit. And the matter is the body, mind and intellect. The body perceives and acts. The mind feels emotions. The intellect reasons, judges and thinks. The spirit energizes the material equipments without which they are lifeless. A human is a combination of the Atman covered by the material layers. The Atman is always at peace and happy. To be successful in life, one needs to focus on the Atman and not the material layers. This allows one to become detached and objective in his actions. His mind remains peaceful while his body is active and dynamic. So what's that, what's it saying? What's that paragraph saying? There's a formula there for happiness actually. What's it saying? Work towards the inner self. Inner self. Change your focus. Change your focus. Right now we're focusing on what? Everyone's different. Right now you're focusing on? Hopefully your intellect thinking. What's this guy saying? Understanding this correctly, if we're if if the self is always present within us and it's at, always at peace, then regardless of the experience of being positive or negative, because even in positivity you can wallow, can't you? If we're then always just concentrating and trying to focus on the self rather than our experience at that time will forever be content and happy because that's our true personality so it's focusing in either positive or negative in every single minute of your life. Is that what it's saying? If you're able to concentrate on the self all the time, then you will not be affected by whatever happens in life. But I'm saying, is that what that paragraph is saying? I'll explain to you now. So what this paragraph is saying is, paragraph is saying, is that a human is made up of these four components, which are physical body which acts, mind which feels emotions, intellect which thinks and reasons, an Atman which enlivens the three components. Yeah, we're all, we're all happy with that, yeah? Okay. So this is a human being. The Atman is your real personality, not the body, not the mind, not the intellect. This is what all spiritual, all, what spirituality is saying, all religions are saying. You are the God principle, you are the self. Even Christ said the kingdom of God is within you. But the problem is right now we don't understand this. We, we understand it in classroom intellectually. Okay, God is within me. 
right now we don't understand it understand it where we actually believe it we have to go through all this study understanding to slowly get some idea because if that was the case we wouldn't be we wouldn't need cloud everyone would be perfect everyone will be happy you wouldn't need classes on how to become happy and unhappy and analyze this because you'll be perfect but we're not able to do that Phil do you get that we're not able to do that this is what we're learning how to do that and the result of that which is at the end of this book tells you what that experience is that's why we're affected by everything the weather the partner the children this country everything we're affected by because we don't understand that so this is what we're trying to learn we get a, a little glimpse of that self that's happiness so it is about thinking of changing the focus yes every opportunity yes. to change your focus yeah don't focus on the experience don't don't ex- yeah. don't focus on the matter matter material layers focus on what energizes it you look at a light bulb don't focus on the bulb think about the electricity that's energizing it this is what it's saying but for that you need constant reminders Christians were across that's reminding them that higher we were the ladies in the hindus in hindu in the hindu culture wear the bindi that saying in the ashram we all wear that by the way um it's saying that it's reminding the other person when he sees the self that's what that represents in spirituality oh you see that oh, self that's what the bin, the dot on the head is for I know for ladies it may may be different but men wear it as well mm-hmm. in spiritual in uh, when you go to um, spiritual establishments that's to remind them of the self so it reminds you of the self when you see that person it reminds you of the self that's why it's there so in all your experiences you can try and keep that focus so this is the whole exercise if you're able to do that then that's it you've reached that goal so let's analyze human being we've covered some of this already before so it should be quite straightforward physical body made up of two sets of organs five for perception five for action so we need to understand everyone has is on the same page five organs of perception which is how we are aware taking the world these are eyes to see ears to hear nose to smell tongue to taste skin to touch this is how we take in the world the organs of action are what are the organs of action how do we respond hands feet organs of speech excretion and generation these are the organs of action then we have the mind this contains emotions feelings what kind of emotions and feelings what do you feel what do you feel 
Angry. Angry. Love. Passion. Hatred. Kindness. Envy. Jealousy. Sometimes we call it the heart. Those feelings. Then we have the intellect. This allows one to think. Reason. Judge. You should use the intellect to decide on how you should act. So the mind and intellect is what? Your... What is the mind and intellect? Your inner personality. Your individuality. That makes you the person you are. Everyone's mind and intellect is different. This person is so emotional. My son is always reading, intellectual. So a person's character is based on his mind and intellect. Does everyone understand that? What differentiates you with the next person? Is your feelings, your thoughts. That's what differentiates you. Ultimately it's your vasanas, your desires. But at the level where we all understand it's the mind and intellect because this is what, they, what, what each one of those components do. The body only acts as, a vehicle, as, as like a vehicle. It takes you from one experience to another. It cannot act on its own. Either the mind tells it to do something or the intellect tells it to do something. And the body just goes and does it. So that is what a human being is. Does everyone understand that? Five organs of action, five organs of perception, physical body, vehicle, mind, intellect. Clear? And the Atman, we have described before. Let's explain it again. Atman is what? personality. True personality, absolutely. Pure. Pure. It enables all this to function. Enables all this to function. It gives it life. The body, mind, intellect contact the world. The Atman is purely a witness has no influence on how one acts. It energizes the material layers, layers like electricity in gadgets. You contact the world with your body, mind, intellect. The Atman energizes these components, give life to them. Atman is not responsible for how one acts. It is just a witness. A human being can do kill of another human being. It's the same Atman in him as a doctor who saves a life. Same Atman in him. But one is killing, one is saving a life. Atman is the same. It's just a witness. Electricity gives life to a bulb. How bright the bulb, what color, has nothing to do with electricity. Electricity is just a witness to the expression. This is how Atman functions. 
same electricity makes a AC unit cool, a heater heat. Electricity is the same, but the expression is different. Similarly, the Atman is the same in every living being, but the expression is different. That's why one can save and one can kill. So what are the different expressions in a human being due to? Why is it? Thoughts? Where do thoughts come from? You have a desire, I don't like that person, I could kill that person. The thought comes, how can I kill that person? You may not act upon it, but that's the desire pops up. Different expressions is based on your desires, your vasanas, which you're born with. It's very important that you understand this theory, yeah? So I can take as long as you want, make sure you truly understand. Atman is purely a witness. All the expressions of people are based on their desires, vasanas, thoughts. The mind and intellect is your inner personality, makes the person you are. That's why everyone is different. Body acts as the vehicle that takes you from one experience to another. So if you relate to your body, you are considered a... If you only relate to your body, you are considered a physical person. All the time thinking of how you look, looking in the mirror, I think I put on a kilo, I think I lost a kilo. I need to look fairer, I need to look darker, I need a tan, I need a facelift. Everything, your whole focus is on the body. There are people like that. You're affected by whatever happens to your body, your physical experience. Physical person. We're just breaking it all down now, yeah? If you relate to your mind, it's all about? Emotions. Feelings. Emotions. He said that to me. I feel good. I feel bad. You act based on emotions. You're affected by your emotions. Emotional person. There's all different ca character categories of people. You know, you would fit into one of those categories. If you relate to your intellect, then it's all based on thinking, reasoning, judging. You may be regarded as being someone with no feelings. It's so cold. You're affected by the intellect. We know people like that. Don't you need to get to that point so you're not affected by any of it? Unless you Which point? Which point? To not be affected by anything. This is exactly what we're trying to achieve in this classroom. Yeah, but if you're saying then we're perceived as cold, which is what we will be perceived. No, but a person who, see, you're using, a, a person who doesn't understand how, what to use, how to use his intellect, for what purpose, he, he may be, have no feelings within him. Yeah? 
but he's an intellectual person. He just reads, studies, everything. He inter inter intellectualizes. Yeah. So you may think he's cold because he has no emotions, no feelings. Yeah. This is with describing different categories of people. Mm. But Not what confusing intelligence with intellect. So what we're saying here, well. what we're saying here, we're trying to understand developing our intellect so we can control our emotions and our mind and our actions. This person is purely an intellectual. They don't have people skills, basically. Yeah. But they knowledge in the world. Yeah, so if you want to use your intellect in everything and you're not affected by any of these things that are around you, that are physical, then aren't you then trying to go back in, as it were, and become completely no, affected by any of it? And then you become a cold person? I'm going to the next level now. By identifying with the intellect, it doesn't mean that you won't be affected by anything. We're not saying that. We're not saying that. There's two areas. Mm -hmm. Right now, the area we're covering is we're just describing what people are like. There's a person who's physical, there's persons who are emotional, there are persons who are intellectual. These are the different characters in the world. This is all we're saying at the moment. Yeah? We're not going any further than that. We're just describing the different kinds of people in the world. Is that okay? So we, as we go further, we'll understand what we're talking about here. But an intellectual person may come cold because he doesn't have as, mu as many feelings, because he's more intellectual than emotional. So we're looking to, for a perfect person, is to have a balance of everything. Have feelings, have think, think clearly, act properly. We're looking for a balance. Yeah? Right now we're just describing the different characters that a person can be. So, but what you're saying is, what, not being affected by anything, there's only one way of doing that, of reaching that state. Well, how is that? If you identify with? The self. The self, the Atman. Because we said that's always happy, always peaceful. So, you have a choice. You can focus on the physical body, the emotions, the mind, the intellect, the Atman, the self within you. That's what will give you the true happiness and peace. And you will not be affected by anything in the world then. Because you have an understanding that everything is the same. And this is what we're trying to understand and get to. The more you identify, the more peace and happiness you get. But it doesn't mean that you have to do it 100% which is the goal, but if you identify with it for 1%, you get that extra bit of peace and happiness. So why is identifying the Atman brings peace and happiness? Why does physical body, mind, intellect, but you focus on the Atman, it always brings you peace and happiness. Why is that? Any ideas? So because it's unchanging, unaffected. Unchanging. Constant. You're not the same person you were 10 years ago. Physically, body's changed. <laughs> You're not the same emotional emotions as you were 10 years ago. Or when you were a child, the emotions were different than now. It's changing. Intellectually, you're changing. 
only thing that remains constant is your spirit, your Atman. Permanence and impermanence. Body, mind, intellect always changing, impermanence. World is always changing. Only Atman remains the same, the spirit within you. We're just trying to understand it intellectually here. Yeah. If you identify with the Atman all the time and not your body, mind, and intellect, you're always happy. You act in the world unaffected by anything. That's what the wise people do. This is the highest quality of a human being. So let's examine how we contact the world now. Any questions here? Just, um, <clears throat> just back to the Atman, as you're saying, if you connect to it, and that's the Atman's always balance constant it's the personality that makes it what you see externally so like electricity the Atman is actually the same, it's the same Atman for everyone, so it's yep. just the streams that goes off which is the body it's like fishes in an ocean in the medium of the ocean the fishes can live and survive take them out, they can't Similar. You can't. It, if there's a there's a bit of that energizing factor in the fishes as well, isn't it? You can say the ocean is the complete spirit, Brahman. The individual characters, different fishes, different colors, different sizes. You need, it takes a bit of time to think about it, yeah. It don't because even at a latest level, you will still struggle to identify because we're living in the world all the time, and these thoughts—they're not always there because we. Are, it's difficult for us to identify with that all the time with the Atman, one hundred percent. Our senses are constantly taking us to the world, our mind, our emotions. Everything is taking us. Our thoughts. It's very difficult to bring it back all the time. So don't uh, worry about it. Slowly you will get there. So let's examine how do we contact the world? What happens, yeah? When one contacts the world, three different transactions happen. Receipt of sense stimuli from the world. Reactions within one personality, and then response to the world. I'll explain. This is called a flow of life. This is what we're constantly doing in our life. The stimuli enters through the organs of perception and reacts with one's mind and intellect. The reaction by the organs of action, would you would respond back in the world with the organs of actions. <coughs> And the action would depend on the quality of stimuli and the nature of one's mind and intellect. So we're going to explain this, yeah? So you take in the world with your organs of perception. You see something, you hear something, you smell something, you touch something. This is how you take in the world. 
When these enter within you, there's a reaction. The reaction is dependent on your personality. What's your personality? Individual personality, what is it we said? Desires and minded intellect. So depending on the quality of these, so your response and action. Is, does everyone, is everyone clear with this? We take in stimuli, there's a reaction, and we respond. This is what we're doing in the world every day. Bella, do you understand? I'm going to explain. Depending on the quality of your desires, your mind and intellect, your response would be according to that. No desires, no reaction. Today is the rugby final. Any desires, anyone? No desires. No reaction, so what? You're a cricket fan. Oh, what time is the cricket on? Who's playing? Is it a test match? Is it 2020? Desires. Reaction. There's a classical music concert at Royal Albert Hall, Chopin, Piano Concerto 1 and 2. Any reaction? No desire, no reaction. Shreya Goshel is playing in Albert Hall. What date? Let's book tickets. Desire, reaction. Stimuli coming in, mind, intellect, desire, reaction. This is what we're doing, isn't it? In life, this is what we're doing. You bring a friend to this class. You tell them how much you benefit from attending these classes. Your friend comes because to keep you happy and curious. Your friend sits here and thinks, what is this guy talking about? Can't understand anything. Cannot wait for this to be over. No desire. Correct? This is how we function. You watch a movie with your friend. Your friend enjoys it and you find it too violent. You don't enjoy it. The film is the same, but when it reacts with your inner personality, the reaction is different. Someone swears at you on the street. Your friend might swear back and hit him. You ignore the person and carry on walking. Different reaction. Because stimuli going in, it reacts with your mind and intellect, respond to the world. Receipt, reaction, response. This is what we're doing in life. Correct? Any clarifications there? Rajesh? Is this what you're doing? We're trying to understand what life is. So one needs to perfect, to have good experiences, one needs to perfect all three operations. Receipt, reaction, and response. You need to enjoy the perfect life. To have a perfect life, you need to control the receipt, the reaction, and the response. In the first transaction, receipt of sense stimuli. One must control the quality of sense stimuli received through the sense organs. 
examine the different stimuli, try to avoid negative stimuli. Negative stimuli will generate negative mental agitations. Allow only pure good stimuli to enter. What does that mean? Goes back to the same, doesn't it? It's the company you keep as well. Company you keep. What you listen to. So, what's a good stimuli? It's different for different people, but generally, what's a good stimuli? We're trying to understand as examples. It's different for different people, but what's a good stimuli? What would you consider good stimuli? So what this is saying is that we should control what we perceive, what we see, what we hear, what we listen to, what we smell, so the reaction is more good, the response is better. So what is a good stimuli, would you consider? What's a good stimuli for you? Bar of chocolate. Bar of chocolate, okay, good stimuli. What's a good stimuli? Anything that's a good for a factor, isn't it? Okay, let me give you some examples of a good stimuli, yeah? Mm. If uh, you smelt an incense stick, what would you remind you of? Prayer. Prayer is Temple. Temple. Good stimuli, right? Mm. Because it has a good reaction within you. Reminds you of higher, calming. You hear some nice music. Is that going to give you a negative reaction? It's not going to give you a negative reaction, is it? It's good stimuli. Depends on the song. <laughs> Depends on the song. But either way, the opposite of, me of it may be rapping or you know, some really heavy metal stuff, which will be a different kind of stimuli, which will have a different kind of reaction. So we're looking at good stimuli. Incense, calming music, Music of the ocean, the birds singing. The, react the reaction within is different, isn't it? This is what we're trying to understand. Basically filtering the senses. And the filtering the senses. According to that. This is your choices. Associating with good people, as he said. The person you associate with always swearing. What kind of reaction will you have within you? person always talks about the higher. What kind of reaction will that have within you? This is good stimuli. You have to decide what's good stimuli for you, depending on where you are. But this is just general example. So that's a good stimuli. Because the reaction within will be good. No agitations. Bad stimuli. Once again, it's different for different people. For example, drugs. Alcohol, association with negative people, who swears, gossips, jungly music, violent movies. I'm not saying that you cannot watch a violent movie. Anything that agitates the mind, it'd be different for you, maybe different for him. Rajesh may see a, a tragic love story and that might agitate his mind thinking how how come they died you know he can watch a violent movie and think oh that was a really good fun movie no agitations <laughs> it's different for different people but whatever agitates your mind is a bad stimuli that is 
only see the good in him. What's the good in him? <laughs> you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> only the good in him you have to focus on. But that's the good stimuli, bad stimuli, because the, in the reaction within is of mental agitations or non-mental agitations. But I'm afraid it's not that simple. <laughs> Once positive stimuli has been received, there may still be a negative reaction, like greed, envy, jealousy, based on the nature of one's mind. You could receive a good stimuli and respond in a negative way, based on your mind, intellect and your desires. Because don't forget, that person may not have a desire for that good stimuli. You see a sunrise, you say, how beautiful. Amma says, what is this rubbish? See the same thing every morning. Yeah. This is a different reaction. Huh? Good stimuli. My friend won the lottery, envy, jealousy. Anything can happen, even if you receive a good stimuli. It's like a factory. In order to get good product, good end result, you need good quality raw materials, a good machine, good quality control, and the end result is a good product. Similarly, you have to take in good stimuli, reaction within, you have to develop yourself, your personality, to think of the higher, then the reaction will be positive. So you, you have to put in the effort, basically. This is what they're saying. You want happiness? These are the exercises you have to do. You have to be aware. What do you control? What do you contact? What do you do? Your mind? What kind of emotions does it feel? What kind of thoughts are you entertaining? All those things you have to control. everything at work things are always changing you might work in a really big company with individuals who are so different way of thinking to you your children might behave in a different way that you are it's, it's all these complexities isn't it where you can't control you have to live with your children you have to work in that environment. It's not so easy to say, control the stimuli. But control the stimuli that you can. Control yeah. yourself. <coughs> the world, we're going to come to the world. The world is what it is, but you can control yourself. It's the level of tolerance. Mm. You have to control, it comes from knowledge and understanding. My children are like this. My world colleagues are like this. Am I going to let it affect me? I have to de develop my personality so it doesn't affect me. All the, the, you can blame every, everyone in every situation. At the end of the day, it boils down to yourself. It's like stopping and thinking how you would react before you react. 
So you do that consciously. So now, when things would normally agitate you, you'll actually turn, you know, step back and say, well, it's how I now react to that. That causes that agitation. So if I don't react, then there's no agitation. This is the nature of my children. They don't have the same knowledge I have and understanding. They're children. Their desires are different, their mind and intellect is different. Knowledge and understanding. So you're changing your perspective. Then where's the reaction? Where's the agitation? My work colleagues are like this. They don't have the same. They don't go to a Sunday morning class on Vedanta, so this is why they're like that. It's not about being above or below, it's, it's having a knowledge of certain area that they don't have. That's all it is. It's hard. It is hard, it's not easy. Because you've come across them for so many years, you kind of have built that emotional pathway for yourself, haven't you? And now you need to gradually change it, which is the harder bit. So how do we control the reaction? How do we contra- control the reaction? Yeah, this is what you're saying, that if I come across these things, these things happen within me, what do I do? So, in the short term, there's an answer to everything here, by the way, yeah? So anything you come up with, we have an answer. Don't have to worry about it. In the short term, one can initially be aware of them by not allowing it to spread further. So be objective. Okay, I've just watched this film. What, if it, what effect is it having on me? I've just listened to this music. What effect is it having on me? I just ate this really spicy food. What reaction is within? It's fine. No mental agitations. Then it's fine. Am I agitated? Then you're controlling the stimuli that gives you agitations. I always get angry. Why? What makes me angry? What situation makes me angry? When my husband does this, makes me angry. Good or bad? If bad, then you need to avoid that stimuli. Doesn't mean you avoid your husband. (laughs) Would be great. Negative stimulus creates mental agitations. It's understanding your partner. Okay, he's just come from work. He's always angry when he comes to work. I'll give him 10 minutes, he'll calm down. You approach him 10 minutes later. It's understanding. You know he's gonna be angry the first 10 minutes and you're what's going on? Why'd you do this? Oh, you're only gonna promote more anger in him. So any situations you need to analyze, think. Is it called seeming mental agitation? Why? What can I do about it? I don't want to be mentally agitated. Why? Because if you're, not, if you're mentally agitated, you're not happy. And we're all looking for happiness. Negative stimulus creates mental agitations. So this in the short term you can do. Look, you know, we, we don't, we, we, we're not able to be objective within ourselves. 
it's easy for us to think of another person and say, you know what, you should do this. You should behave like that. Have you tried this? It's easy for us to do that. But it's difficult for us to do that within us. This is what it's saying. You need to start doing that within you. So that's temporary. More permanent ways by gaining knowledge and understanding and reconditioning one's mind and intellect. Permanent way of doing. That's why I said this, this chapter is very practical. And if you understand this chapter, you, and you already have tools to make your life happy. We're gaining, we're gaining knowledge and understanding here. We're learning that art. By gaining knowledge and understanding on how to purify the mind, this will then bring you permanent happiness. It's the mind that creates all this. By gaining knowledge and understanding on how to purify the mind, which is what we are all studying here, So the re we're, we're, we've just talked about the reaction level here. At the reaction level, how does it react within us? That stimuli. So the next, the third one is response by the organs of action. This is the third transaction. We said receipt, what we get in, the reaction within, how we should deal with it, and the response, how we should act. You understanding? Response by the organs of action is the third transaction. If the actions are selfish, self-centered, then there will be mental agitations. You'll be unhappy. If they are unselfish, you become peaceful and happy. So you, when you act, is your action selfish? Is your actions unselfish? This is a way of gauging the reaction and the agitations it will cause. When it's a selfish action, it'll cause agitations. When it's an unselfish action, it will cause become peace. You'll find peace and happiness. Example: You look at a child. When a child wants to give, maybe a sweet or candy, to his brother, sister, friend, how does he give? Yeah, take, take one. He's smiling. He's being unselfish. You see a child, this is mine. What is his face? Brown. This is mine. Child is selfish. It's mine, not yours. Don't touch it. Frown on the face. When he's giving, he's smiling. Please take one. When he's taking, he's frowning. When he's giving, he's smiling. When he's taking, he's frowning. This is exactly the reaction. He doesn't understand that. But what we're saying is when your action is unselfish, you're happy. When you're selfish, you're unhappy. It causes mental agitations. So this is purifying the mind. So all your actions are unselfish. What can I do? How can I serve? Because that creates happiness within you. When you're doing for something else, are you going to be agitated? 
Only when you're thinking of yourself you get agitated. Knowledge of Vedanta can help one make the actions unselfish. One must use their present nature, wherever you are, to perfect the three transactions in life, to help with their spiritual evolution, to find peace and happiness within. So when you take care of these three transactions, you develop as a human being. Any questions? You'll have to f read it, understand it, think about it, apply it. It's easier just for me to talk and you listen. But really to make changes, you need to really read it, think about it, be objective within yourself. Look at the areas it causes your agitation and then apply it. It's like me saying, you have to exercise for one hour a day, do these different exercises and you'll become fit. Okay, and now I know how to become fit. But you don't do any of the actions, then it's not really going to help you, is it? Same, same thing here. That was for the physical body, this is for the mind and intellect. So you have to do these uh, exercises to think. Look at your areas of where the problems are and then deal with it. And the result is happiness. Most people are not aware of this internal strength to excellence. Instead, they revel in their everyday achievements or they moan about their failures in life. One suffers from either an inferiority or superiority complex. One must not suffer these complexes. Instead, one should understand that everyone has a role to play in life. One should identify their role and play it to the best of their capacity. This would help one progress to excellence. See, people who are not aware of this, they just boast about what they've achieved. I have this big house, I have this many cars, I have this much bank balance. You know where I went on holiday last month? First class. That doesn't mean they're happy. Inferiority complex, superiority complex. It's rubbish. Wherever you are, you're, you're in the right place, right situation, right mental state to develop yourself. This is what they're saying. You don't have to be in a particular state. Poor or rich, it doesn't matter. So everyone's got a role to play. You are who you are. God made you this way. So why have a superior or inferior complex? You need to do what you can to become a better human being. Let's start from who you are now, wherever you are. Study this, sub this knowledge, which shows how to develop spiritually and become the perfect human being whilst in the world. Any questions on that? There's a poem now, which I'm going to recite, to explain this superiority and inferiority complex. Because everyone has it in some areas of their life. They feel superior or they feel inferior. You look to, at some, if, you, if wealth is an issue for you, someone who's got more, you feel inferior to them. You have more than someone, you feel superior to them. This is how we 
we, we live life, isn't it? We always compare ourselves to other people. They're saying, don't. Everyone has a role to play. God created you like this for a reason. So the poem is called Mountain and the Squirrel. We may have uh, covered it before. It's about, the poem is about an argument between a squirrel and a mountain. I know it sounds silly. Squirrel and a mountain. Both were bragging about their superior qualities. The mountain bragged that he was so much bigger. I can carry a forest on my back. And implied that the squirrel was in insignificant. The squirrel replied that he may be small, but the mountain could not crack a nut. It's silly, yeah? But this is what we're doing, isn't it? We're comparing ourselves to other people without thinking, well, what about my qualities? So the mountain calls him a bad name, a little prick, meaning a self-righteous, moralistic person who behaves as if they are superior to others. I'll read the poem. Mountain and the Squirrel. Mountain and the Squirrel had a quarrel, and the former called the latter a little prig. Bun replied, You are doubtless very big, but all sorts of things and weather must be taken in together to make up a year and a sphere, and I think it no disgrace to occupy my place. If I'm not so large as you, you are not so small as I and not half so spry. I'll not deny you make a very pretty squirrel track. Talents differ, all is well and wisely put. If I cannot carry forests on my back, neither can you crack a nut. So what's the poems talking about? Each one to their own strength. Each one to their own strength. Everyone has their own... Huh? Everyone's important. Everyone is important. Everyone has certain qualities. But you're not focusing on it. You're focusing on other things unnecessarily. That's the reason. Everyone has their own distinctive qualities. None are superior than the other. It takes all sorts to make up the universe. There's a place for all in this world. Everyone has a role to play in life. Therefore, there is no reason to have a superior or inferior complex. One must eliminate their ego and just play their part to the best that they can in the world. This is what they're saying. How tired? Everyone tired now? This is the only time we probably think in the week, you know that. <laughs> that's why he's so meant all you're doing is listening but everyone seems so tired because believe it or not you know you don't think at this sort of level this depth in normal everyday you have a routine which is normal and you know how to do it you don't have to think about it even at work you have a routine but here you're thinking you're really thinking using the intellect that's got cobwebs around it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
The next topic is nature of the world, but I think it's better we take it next week. So until now, we've discussed how we function. Yeah, is everyone clear? This is, we've just discussed how we function. We've dissected everything, how we function. Receipt, response, reaction, the different qualities of a human being, what makes us, what makes us alive, different temperaments, different natures, different personalities. We've covered so much. Mental agitations, how to avoid them. You'd be surprised how much we've covered. The next one is nature of the world. But I don't think we will um, do that today because uh, you need to be fresh for it. So, any questions on what we've discussed today or any anything else? I wouldn't be doing it justice if I took it now because mentally everyone would be a bit tired. Any questions? General questions, but, uh, clarifications, or anything, it doesn't really matter since we've got about five, ten minutes. Uh, just uh, one question. Yeah. Why is it in your statement you're always picking on the husband? <laughs> <laughs> Good you question. Your wife quite often. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've been counting. <laughs> you know that reminds me. Reminds me of Sittal's question in the ashram. She was there for a year, and she asked Swamiji. <laughs> and no one in the ashram will forget that. They remind. They remember her for that only. That only question. <laughs> Why is it in the scriptures everything relates to he? We read the scriptures, it says he, 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 and never she. Why is that? He's not married. See, you're saying the opposite right now. Right? Yeah? Uh, that reminded me of her question in the ashram. What was the response? Cause, uh, what, did, what did the. My, my question is more around if we're thinking about self-realized souls, the examples that's given, and this, this one particular line that they use, he who sees, sees. And, you know, why is it that actually we're not talking about females who have realized the self and gone beyond the world? That example is never given, and then why is it not she who sees it sees it? Because it should be equal in my eyes. Is it because there's a different role for us, or is it that men are superior? I'm not. I'm just the time because if females are taking care of everything else, they have the time to go and do all these things. It's interesting because this is what Amar is asking. Why? So what was his answer? Get up. His answer was interpret he as a she. He or she doesn't matter. What matters is the self. And it's me that's giving the female and a male personality. Um... Yeah, and I was told off. 
More than once. So every time you see a he, you just put an S in front of it. No, just, I mean, for me, talking to the way I see it is that it's... So what is it that, if we're thinking about how we function through our body, mind and intellect, and how we learn... So my experience from... If I, if I look at today, where I am, it's all about what has happened in the past to enable me to be where I am today, right? If my experience has always been that, you know, he is so superior, he is so great, he matters, he exists, she doesn't matter, she doesn't exist, she does not do anything, why is it always he? I then have this thing about, wow, he is so great. She is what? I, that's what I've grown up learning. I think we all have, because that's our... Uh, well, exactly. Thank you very much. So therefore, my question is, what happened to the she that was born that needs to realise the self as well if we're all equal? Why is it that it's not taught in the books that matter in this day and age? to make it all equal, to make me think, wow, I do matter. I do have a purpose in life, just like he does, to realise the self. Give me examples of women that have realised the self. Empower me. Don't let me put an S in front of the he. <laughs> Why am I having to do that? Show me. No, 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 that was my, that was my thing about it, to yeah. see. Hang on, empower me. How do we get empowered? We get empowered from the day we're born. If my mother has brought me up to believe that I'm, I am, I have a purpose in life, okay, and I can be self-sufficient, I don't need a he with me, I was brought up to believe that my father will take care of everything in life for me. When my father passed away, it was my brother. When my brother passed away, it was my husband. Yeah, it's always been the male. Yep. Thank you. See, and only a woman can relate to that, right? Because that's how we are brought up. And here I'm learning about self-sufficiency and seek the self, and I'm thinking it's the first time I'm hearing it. You're Hang standing for election next year. Okay. <laughs> Sorry? Amari, see now why I use the female? Yeah. That's why they have more rooms in the houses and lock themselves in there. That's <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was a question that I it wanted is, it to is, answer. It's, it's the way we've been brought up all these years, but it's all changing, though, isn't it? It's all right. down to the yes, fact yes. that when... Yeah, because uh, men are always... It's women oh, like me changing it. You see, that's my ego now. Yeah, if is. I say that, that's my ego. Like Whereas a man can say it, and it's all right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. most of the reason why I might believe is that the fact that when religion was first created, yeah, it was perceived to he as mm. being a male in whoever decided that there would be religion. And that's just carried on through history. See, you're relating to your gender. Mm -hmm. Relate to the Atman, you'll have no issues. He, she, doesn't matter. But in the scriptures, it's also about, like, in the Ratri, the nine uh, and their spirit and what they've achieved. So. There is some sort of uh, recognition. Yes, <coughs> but it's, it's because they're female. The Yerkan is society that you're feeding off. If you break it down, then as you said, there is no 
yeah. he or she may know what it is what you make of yourself. As you said, you were conditioned from the day you were born. So you were conditioned. Mm -hmm. But now, as you said, if you're enlightening yourself, that shouldn't bother you. No, it doesn't. But he was asking. So. Yes. No, Amor was asking. Amor was asking. You're quite passionate about that. The thing is, so my, I grew up under devotional practice, right? And I've read vastly in the sense of not that Vedanta's only happened in the last few years, but before that. And my understanding was, was that... Um, men needed this knowledge so much more because they were the ones who um, had so many more things to break down in their personality, whereas women were brought up to actually always serve, be it their father, brother, or husband and family, right? So when we, the only thing we needed to be careful of when we serve is to serve with um, unselfishness. And that in itself, will then take us forward spiritually and that's the only thing we needed to understand why we serve and if we understand that we serve everybody unselfishly we're on the path of spirituality and actually that's the only <coughs> one thing we needed as women so therefore we were superior <laughs> All right, men needed so much more knowledge and to go away in the forest from the age of 11 to learn about the, the things that they needed to do. Good spin on that one. No, but that's what I had learned and understood. But how do you know that was correct? I don't. Well done. I mean, but that's why I'm questioning, you see. They said question everything. Question everything, yeah. Question whether you're right or not. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I still no, don't know. I don't need to know. I was going to vote for you, but now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a different way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah. Very different. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. It makes sense, right? It's not serve, I would say nurture. <laughs>